Welcome to the Hopcare Take 5 podcast, where we give you five minutes of healthcare stories from the week because you care about healthcare, but you just don't want to spend too much time learning about it. So your doctor comes to you with a new drug that will make you dramatically smarter and help your performance in all sorts of arenas. Of course you take this drug, and you'd probably be willing to spend a lot of money on it. Yet this drug already exists. It's sleep. Okay, I get that it's not actually a drug, and it takes a lot more time than just ingesting a pill, which might be one of the reasons, well, that is the reason why we're so willing to slack on it. But it is worth reminding ourselves just how incredibly powerful sleep is. In the mid-1980s, a 20-plus year study commenced following more than 10,000 British civil servants. This study found that those obtaining approximately less than six hours of sleep per night more than doubled their risk of death. That's a pretty big jump for doing something that so many Americans are doing on a nightly basis, and that is obtaining far less than the recommended amount of sleep, which is somewhere around eight hours. Yes, it varies a little bit from person to person, but that seems to be pretty close to the amount that almost everybody needs. And don't think you're the exception to this rule. Less than 3% of people are actually actually 100% on less than eight hours of sleep. Back in 1942, we were doing a great job of getting this sleep every night. An average of 7.9 hours per night with 84% of the population achieving seven hours or more. Fast forward to 2013, that figure has dropped from 7.9 down to 6.8 and the percentage of people getting seven hours or more 59%, those getting eight hours or more, only 34%. You don't have time for eight hours a night. We've got TV shows to watch and text messages to send and Instagram feeds to update. Here's the miracle drug. You're not going to get the eight hours of sleep. It's just not possible, though I would argue that it is possible, but that's beside the point. The drug, though, again, it isn't really a drug, uh, is not as easy as popping a pill, but it's still pretty easy. It's a short nap in the middle of the day, and the effects are extremely powerful. And when I say short, I'm talking 10 to 20 minutes. It's 3 p.m. in the afternoon, you just sleep for 15 minutes. You want to go from 10 to 20 minutes because you're going to achieve benefits without the grogginess or the sleep inertia starts to set in if you go past that time period. If you go from 25 minutes to 60 minutes, you're going to get nice upside, but you're going to have some sleep inertia that's going to make it hard for you to jump right back into work. If you want to go longer, go to the 90-minute mark. But again... All you need is the 10 to 20 minute nap. Oh, and don't be concerned about not actually falling asleep. I couldn't possibly fall asleep in 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Not possible. Not in the middle of the day. Not when the sun's out. It doesn't matter. Just closing your eyes and attempting to sleep, you will receive benefits. Various studies have shown that even after a nap of as short as 10 minutes, your alertness increases, your focus increases, your memory increases, your ability to perform well at cognitive tasks increases. Even if you feel well rested, even if you feel great, 
You can achieve a higher level of performance if you sleep a little bit more. And if you can't do it at night, do it at the middle of the day with a short, nice nap. Remember that en vogue term, death panels? that everyone was talking about a few years ago. Remember why everyone was talking about it? Oh yeah, it was because Medicare spent 28% of its dollars, or about $170 billion on patients' last six months of life. Did you also know that more than 66% of Americans are in favor of assisted suicide? One of the major reasons for the contraceptive mandate that was at the heart of the Hobby Lobby case was that it was, at the very least, cost-neutral the cost to provide the contraception is offset by the reduced number of childbirths, which are really expensive. Turns out this might not be so true, since the people on employer-sponsored plans are already using contraception. In 2013, the percentage of Americans getting contraceptives with no cost sharing jumped from 20% to 50%, yet prescriptions for contraceptives only jumped by 4.6%. Hopcare.com.